Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human scum, this is odorous from Guam. Going to the Fear Factory. This is George Corps, Commander Fisher. This is Jasmine Double Drop. This is Wade from Our Last Enemy. The Magnificent Two Thousand. He is at Wednesday 13. This is Jasmine Rex from Club Emma Hill. Sepultura. You're listening to Ever Black Podcast. All right, before we go into this episode, we just need to give a shout-out to our show supporters, the brutal occult clothing brand Electric Witch, who have amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the EVERBLACK podcast through Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook, and check out all our articles at everblackmedia.com. All right, on with the show. Daniel, how's uh, everything going? Yeah, pretty crazy time, man. Like, not only releasing a record and it being insane and all of that kind of buzz that goes around releasing a record, but then also what everyone's going through at the moment is pretty crazy and different. And, uh, yeah, a bit of a challenge in places, but it's, um, yeah, you can't. Can't say that 2020's been uneventful, that's for sure. Oh, that's right, man. That's right. Well, of course, I mean, that new album is uh, Barry Tomorrow's album, Cannibal. Uh, that came out last mm. week, and dude, this thing crushes. It's got riffs for days, it's Thanks. catchy as fuck, and I can't get enough of this album, dude. Like, honestly, I mean, that's <laughs> it's probably the, I think it's the best thing you guys have done yet. Do you feel that too? Yeah, I mean, for us, like, we're always trying to push probably the, the new material and the direction that we're kind of traveling in, so... So yeah, I mean it's the most emotively driven album we've ever done, and it seems to have connected better with everyone really universally across the world really. So it's been it's been madness, mate. Like the you're not the only person to say they're slightly addicted to it, which is really cool. I hope it doesn't get too much for people that they <laughs> never want to listen to it again. But yeah, it's 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 really cool, man. Like the response has been far out outdoes anything we've had prior for sure. And uh, the thing about it also, man, is it's not like you guys haven't gone way out and changed the formula. You've just built upon mm. what you've done and just stepped it up. It's incredible. Like, man, for instance, I think it's got one of the strongest opening tracks on a record I've heard in a very, very long Like, Choke is insanely catchy, dude. <laughs> so we, like, so that's the thing, dude. Like, we, we grew up listening to Metalcore, man. Like, that's what we did, like. Our fans grew up listening to metalcore because we started in 2006. So, like, you know, it, I don't know. I respect bands that change and move and do their thing and, you know, want to appeal to a different market of people, but we're just not that band. Like, and that's okay. Like, I don't think people should always be seeking for a band to suddenly just cataclysmically change up their style. Um, because that just makes no sense to me. Like, I look back at someone like Metallica or, you know, Metallica have never changed their style from day one. They were a bit thrashy, and then they just became Metallica. So it's like, so for me, it, some of the greats out there have tried and tested sticking with perseverance to a to a genre and just trying to get better and better and be the kings of that genre. And like, for us, that's our mission, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, 
choke as well is one of those tracks. Like I, I grew up listening to people like Bleeding Through and Bury a Dead and all of those kind of bands who start albums like they mean to go on. And I think we've always tried to, the last record was No Less Violent, album before that was Eternal. Um, so it's like we're all about that kind of push right from the start so people have understand that our intention is to still maintain and be a metal band. I'm sure you've had it over the years as well. I mean, I, I don't know how it's been sort of dealing with labels and, and producers and stuff like that. Have you had people that sort of tried to push you in different directions and you've sort of stuck to your guns? Uh, I mean, when we were first, like, really establishing, so we went out to America a couple of times and before Union the Ground, like, 2010 era, like, yeah, because we're probably a bit more impressionable. Like, now, dude, we've been about for so long that I think it would be, they'd be barking up the wrong tree, really. And that's just, and it's not that we're overtly stubborn. It's just like, you know, at this stage in your career, it's like, what are people wanting from you? You know, they're not picking up a band like ours because they definitely want to mold you into something different. They're picking up a band like ours because they like our band and they see that we've got a massive fan base. So, like, it's hard, man. So, I don't, even if they thought it, I just think, you know, it is what it is. And I think um, without tooting my own horn, I'm like, I'm a weirdly sellable product in that I don't want to be a rock star and I don't want to be famous and I don't want to be like a front man that's on every cover of a magazine just for the sake of promoting the front man. Like, that's not about me, but like in saying that, it's almost kind of evocative for a lot of people to be like, oh, let's try and do that. And uh, and so that's cool, man. Like it's cool that like, and I'm also the one that screams, you know, I'm also the one that's trying to get heavier and heavier with the vocals. So kind of a difficult one for them because I'm not going to change what I do just to kind of see an agenda for someone else like there are so many bands in this world like if someone wants to find something else like then they can do if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's different styles I've, I've had this conversation so much recently about like polls and album of the year conversations and you know lucky we're in the mix that's that's amazing but why try and even put it, make it a mix it's you know, some amazing bands have released some amazing records. That's that's the end of it, really, for this year. So it's like, <laughs> I just don't really know why it needs to be like, oh yeah, make them suffer or bury tomorrow or currents or bury tomorrow. It's like who gives a shit? Like just enjoy music, guys. Like currents and make them suffer made amazing albums. So cool. If you think ours amazing too, then that's three great albums. You know, it's just such a weird complex at the moment. It is, but man, I, I got to say this year has been really good for albums. And, I th- and then you guys come along and you're like, hold my beer and <laughs> drop this one. And, mate, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm – uh, but, man, I, I really, really did. And I know there's a lot of cats online that as soon as it dropped, we're just blowing it up down here as well. So it's it's definitely – you know, and, and, and nothing about it is you're, you're a big advocate for um, mental health awareness and the, the album title as well, what you've, you've said about that. Uh, do you get a lot of fans contacting you in regards to this and how it's helped them already? With this album? Yeah, I mean, we did anyway, if I'm honest with you. So, like, for us, we've always tried to be super inclusive with, like, how we discuss things with our fans, that we're always open. I mean, there's been two shows in my entire career that I haven't been matched and spoken to people. So, like, it's built into kind of standard practice. It's more just, <clears throat> even in musically, hyping it up. But then also in, like, ethos, just being like, I just want to live by the sword. So, mm. you know, I've 
I've done mental health safe spaces for staff, uh, for um, fans, in where they can discuss mental health in an open forum with a clinical practitioner there as well. And like, which is uh, the first kind of step for me in like putting my money where my mouth was, um, and literally actually. But then I was kind of having a bit of a revelation that how can I tell people to talk about mental health and the gravity of that? If I don't use my biggest influential tool, which is my lyrics, because universally every single person will listen to that. And you know what? Probably part of that was fear um, and not wanting to be vulnerable. And that's kind of what I'm trying to instill in everyone, that vulnerability is power at the moment. So, like, I think it's important that we, you know, we did that and we made a conscious step, really, to do that. Some of the lyrics on this album as well are incredibly powerful, like uh, in Quake. There's that, uh, what's that? Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to get the line wrong, but uh, oh, can't pray. To, what's the what's line? About praying to God, but there's no God above. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, something. something yeah, you can't pray to a God above it. It's such a, a feeling like of, of loneliness, if you know what I mean. Like, is that what you're trying to get with, with that and the album cover and the concept? Of, of yeah, man. I think mental health in general, like it's weird with this album because it's not an it's not an album about mental health. And whenever I say that, people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But like, it's not. It's an album about my depreciated mental health. Yes. You know, like if I'd have written an album where I went, "This song's about depression. This song's about anxiety. This song's about imposter syndrome. This song's about whatever." Like, I mean, include intrusive thoughts. Like, would be in a really, it would have just come across really conceited, I think, mm-hmm. and really. Like I know best, which is not the case. Everyone knows best about their own mental health. And that's just the, the funny thing about mental health is that it's such a personal journey for everyone. But one of the residing themes of mental health is a series of feeling isolated, not only with the people feeling depreciated mental health mm. and being isolated from other people understanding that, but also people who don't understand depreciated mental health and mental health conditions and feel incredibly isolated not being able to help their friends or their family because they don't understand it which which is kind of like where the album comes from to kind of say like you know that's why I wanted to write about how it feels to try and address like you know it may not be the same feeling that other people have that they have anxiety but some people may be you know and so you know for me it was like it was just an important important time to really address the really dark parts of thought process and it was like it was like the writings of a madman to be honest with you like I'd sit there and be like okay what did I think exactly at that moment what was the thing that popped into my head what was my voice in a monologue saying at that moment and then I'd just write it down on paper which seems to I think connected with people more than if I'd have gone this song's about anxiety and then sung a song about it you know it just wouldn't work it's as I said it's an incredibly powerful album and I think that's you know being relatable to a lot of people and open to that uh interpretation helps people a lot more yeah absolutely yeah man you know I have to say also uh that vocally you, you and Jason's together on this thing are, are just mind-blowing you, you've got this perfect contrast between you and you both upped it like tenfold on this did you guys spend a lot of time working that out all those vocal parts and and how they eat weed. I mean, we do, like, we, so, like, weird thing with me and Jace, we've been in a band together since 2006. So, like, I know that guy and where he wants to be on the part of the record of where he thinks I should be. So, like, we have become very, very good at knowing each other and what our mindsets are. Like, um, and, you know, the lyrical process is usually one of such that I write the, the full themes to a record and that's all the records we've written. Um, I'll write the kind of, 
my lyrics down on paper and then I'll kind of send it to Jace or I'll sit and chat with Jace about how what it feels like, what I'm trying to get across. And then he goes away and writes his lyrics. This one was a bit different because he obviously had to get into a mindset, something that he actually hasn't suffered with before mm. um, or doesn't feel like she has. Um, which is really, as I said before, that's one of the most debilitating kind of places when you're a mate or a friend where you're like, I don't understand. Like, and so for him, this was quite a learning journey of like where my mind went and the fragility of my mind at that time. And like, it was quite interesting because then he would go away and do reflection, kind of try and get into that emotional state, which was hard on him as well over the, the period of time because he just, that's not him. You know, it was really hard for him to kind of, to deal with that um and then he'd come back to me and i'd just work on you know tenses and you know messaging and stuff like that and then jobs are good and really it goes you know so i suppose with this record though there was an emotional factor so i think as soon as we were writing it or certainly recording it and laying down our vocals it was like the emotion was even bigger than like say diction or enunciation or anything like that it was about like get the emotion across like mm. that's so so important in this um which was something Jace really worked on. And I went, um, on this record, I went handheld, which was amazing because I could just perform like I do live, which I feel like was my best at the time. Um, which was really different, this record, because it just brought out something else and gave me the ability to hit those highs when I needed to and um, and do that kind of gravelly talk about choke, like that, that intro, like that was really nice. I usually only can do that when I'm on tour, really. So it was nice to be able to, show what I can do when I'm live as well. Was that with the SM7B? Was that when you mean... No, it was with the SM58, actually. Oh, shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I I was reading up about, like, people that use it and stuff, and, like, I know Phil from Pantera has used it in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I know that Billy Idol actually recorded most of his albums actually on an SM58. So I was wondering how possible or durable it was. And I think Trevor from Unearth once recorded on SM58, if I'm correct, like running around the room, there's documentary on it. But yeah, I just, I was like, should I use that or should I use my, because I use Audio Technica as well, so I was like, should yeah. I use my actual mic that I use live? And um, no, it was like, it was it was great. It was fantastic. I put like a pop shield cover over the, the mic and off I go. I could oh, yeah. run around the studio. Because I've been using an SM7B for years and I've always gone, oh, I just want to try it with, you know, and every dude I've recorded with has gone, no, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sin. But, um, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to say if it's good enough and Daniel, it's good enough. Like for me, dude, I, I first tried an SM58 in a studio setting because I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a go. And I thought it gave me that kind of, when I first did it, actually, it was in, on Room's record. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what? Like this sounds so different, but it sounded too different at the time for me because we'd just done like Union. That was our last record. And then we were moving into um, Rooms. So it was like, I can't change my vocals that much because from Portrait to Union, I changed completely. And I was like, I'm not doing one album and then suddenly not being on like an SM7 again. Um, But when I recorded that, actually, it gave me that kind of Randy Blythe esque tone, Mm. which had that like, overtly like cocky mouth sound which wasn't a bad thing i was like that's sick but it sounded too like randy that i was like no i'm not not doing that because it just sounds like randy blind i don't really know what we did this time maybe part of the compression or or something just changed how it sounded it just sounded 
in places I could make it sound identical to an SM7, but uh, other times it could get that gravel across, you know. So it's just weird. It was just nice to experiment with it, you know. Oh man, that's yeah. I'm pumped. I've got to. I'm going to try that. But um, yeah, thanks for that, man. I'm glad I got this in audio, so I can be like, hey, yeah, there's the proof. So, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in regards to, I mean, the the artwork is incredible, and uh, that was hand drawn, right? Not digital. Yeah. So Adam, yeah, Adam Burke, hand painted, like, no doubt. So he, um, Adam Burke's done his night jar. Has done so many great albums. I mean, he did Fit for an Autopsy's album. He did The End's brand new album, which is kind of critically acclaimed artwork as well, which is yeah. that kind of skull artwork, which I really like as well. Um, and we kind of really like this, like, scenescape stuff. And you know what I like about him is it wasn't all about him. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, we went to him and we were like, he was like, what is the record about? What does it sound like? What is the feeling of the record? And I sent him a brief, kind of say, like, this is what it's about. These are all the lyrics and the theme. And he came back with a stick drawing first, which was hilarious. It kind of came back and was like, yeah, it's going to be this skull. And it was like a line drawing of, like, this skull. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you're really good and you've got a lot of work up because I wouldn't trust you if you could just sent me this. And then he literally, like, probably a week later, which is insane, sent us back the first cover and I was like, that's perfect. It was like, there was nothing I'd changed on it. So literally his first iteration of that record, including all the inserts, that was it. We just did it. We just took it. So that shows, that is a testament to how bloody good that artist is. Like Adam Burke is fantastic at art. And he's also fantastic at making different but similar styled artworks. Mm. Like our artwork in the end don't look the same. And they're both skulls on a record, you know, with heavy bands. Like, it'd be really easy to be like, oh, that's that artwork. But it wasn't, you know, it was, it was really cool. Oh, it's all, and it looks awesome on that picture disc too. I've got to get my hands on that picture disc. Yeah, it's so mad. Sick. It's like, so we've got like six different vinyls now. They've got like a splatter one, a red one, a black one, picture disc, a white one. So like people are just like collecting a red one, collecting, 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 which is quite fun to watch. Have you got one? Did you score one? Yeah, yeah, I'm lucky. I only got them like four days after the release, though. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get one. Sure. Well, uh, Daniel, thanks for hanging on the show tonight, man. Uh, the new Berry Tomorrow album, Cannibal, is out now everywhere. Thanks for hanging, dude, and uh, stay safe over there, hey? And we'll see you soon, hopefully. Thank you, buddy, and I hope we can come over soon, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Take care of yourself, huh? Yeah, see you later, buddy. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 